Hey, chiropractors, we're ready for another modern chiropractic marketing show with Dr. Kevin Christie, where we discuss the latest in marketing strategies, content marketing, direct response marketing, and business development with some of the leading experts in the industry. Hey, docs, welcome to another episode of the Modern Chiropractic Marketing Show. This is your host, Dr. Kevin Christie, and today I got a, a really exciting interview with Jason Holm. He is a chiropractor in Hendersonville, Tennessee, which is suburb of, of Nashville. So it's uh, not too far from the big city, so it's not a small town. And he's doing some really big things in his area and for the profession. That's the thing that I really am inspired with with Doc. He's just really good at what he does, and he does quite a few things. Him and I run into each other quite a bit speaking. We've had the opportunity to speak at a couple of conferences together, have drinks at the airport while we wait for flights, and just kind of dive into practice and systems. And uh, he really does a great job at systems. And one of the things that I learned when uh, I attended his talk at Forward in St. Louis was about the split. And I'm not sure if he invented it or not, but he dove into it during that presentation and it really was eye-opening. It's just that point where people hit this uh, complexity level in their practice and they have no idea how to bust through that to the next level. Uh, We dive into that. That's really the... um, the essence of this interview today. And we give you, he gives you a lot of great information on how to recognize it and how to push through that. Now, a disclaimer, I talk to a lot of chiropractors and, you know, not everybody has the same desires. You know, there's going to be chiropractors that want the big practice and have associates. And there's other ones that want to be a lone wolf. I get that. We're not here to tell you what type of practice you need to have, but no matter at what level you're you're at or want to get to, you're going to run into the split and you need to be able to recognize it and push past that and realize that sometimes, you know, many times when you have a very well-developed team in a busy practice, you actually have a lot more freedom than you would have otherwise as a lone wolf. Sometimes people think, oh, it's going to be too complex. I don't want that headache. But if you heard my interview with Dr. Brett Winchester, if you heard my interview with Mark King and in this interview today, you're going to realize, and I've realized it for my practices, when you have a really good team around you and you grow, you actually will have more freedom and that will allow you to focus on uh, maybe it's your family or maybe it's a sense of purpose or maybe it's both. You know, a couple of the docs that I've talked to have really great family lives and they also are serving a purpose outside of just treating patients and they are traveling. I remember Dr. Winchester traveled 25 times a year serving his purpose. Dr. Holm, who you're going to hear today, same thing. He's doing a lot for the profession, not just treating patients. And it's because he's got the systems in place and he's busted through the split to make sure he's had a self-managing practice. And you'll hear how he does that. Before we dive into that interview, I do want to put an offer out there for you. I do coach chiropractors, mostly around marketing definitely around business. You know, if I had to lump it in together, it's it's marketing and business and really holding you accountable and trying to make sure your practice achieves the, the goals you want for it by implementing a fully involved marketing strategy that's not necessarily overwhelming you, but also having business acumen going for you as well and try to hold you accountable on that. And I'm, I'm taking a few more 
clients. I've got a, a, a fair amount now. I'm only going to take a few more going into 2020. And one of the first things we're going to do right out of the gates is develop your 2020 marketing plan and really reverse engineer that and make it happen for you. And then we'll go from there. It's only a three-month commitment, but most of the people that commit to the three months stick around month to month after that, and we keep going and keep growing. So just go to the modernchiropracticmarketing.com website, and you can see right there how to do that and reach out to me, and we'll see if we're a right fit. Uh, I am only going to take a few, and I don't take everybody. I, I definitely want to make sure it's uh, a right fit and it's congruent. So neither of us are, are wasting our time. So if you're interested, check that out. And without further ado, here's my interview with Dr. Jason Holm. Welcome to the show, Jason. I really appreciate your time. Before we dive into the topic at hand today, introduce yourself and tell our audience a little bit about yourself professionally and personally. Thanks, Kevin. Real briefly, I, I think to summarize it the best, it's been a wild journey over the last 10 years. Last week, we got to celebrate 10 years in practice. So Active Spine and Joint Center has been thriving for 10 years now. I've been a SFMA instructor now for well over a year, taught for MPI. Been something we've been really excited about just sharing the model of functional movement as you go through practice and how to incorporate that. Yeah, absolutely. You know, and we've crossed paths over the years and more recently this past year, quite a few times we've had the ability to uh, present at the same events and uh, catch up over drinks at the airport. One three hour block of time, I think we had before our, our flights took off in Chicago. That was fun. It's always good uh, bouncing ideas off of you and l learning from you. And one of the things that we're, the main thing we're going to talk about today was something that you presented. It was one piece of your presentation at Forward in St. Louis, and I really found it uh, interesting. I've um, been familiar with the concept, maybe named differently from some of my readings and such, but you talked about the split, and I want you to describe that to our audience, and then we'll go from there with it. Absolutely. So something that we've noticed along the journey is that for the evidence-informed or evidence-based chiropractor, it's a little bit different journey. So as you go into practice, you know, we all come out, we have our non-negotiables and our non-negotiables in clinic are our principles or our values that we know that there's no way that we're going to separate from. As we go through practice, there's also the time component. So in our mind, the whole time as we progress through clinic, we expect that every year we're going to see this linear path of growth. So we come out, we have these non-negotiables. We know that time as we practice, we expect further and further business growth as we go. So another way to say that is in the ideal world, our business growth and our passion for what we do should increase in a linear and parallel fashion in perpetuity, right? Mm -hmm. But in real life, the issue with that is that what really happens is that we come out in practice, our business growth starts, we're very passionate, we're hungry, our non-negotiables stay exactly what they are, but then at some point we start to get to this point where things just start to feel different. Good symptoms of it and the way Simon Sinek had presented this initially, I saw it about 2011, as an idea for big corporations and how that their need to scale and grow, etc., I realized this really resonates with our home base because the reality is when you have these non-negotiables, we know where we want to go, but then we hit this point where the economics get really challenging in the clinic. So now how does that play out? How do you pivot from there? So for example, in our clinic, we've hit that split seven different occasions and it's how you navigate that that's really, really important. So for example, 
the signs of the split is that moment when things just don't feel the same or people in the clinical say this isn't just how it used to be or man, I don't know what it is. I just can't get my energy going like I want to. Are we in the right direction? All of these things, when those come up in clinic, that's when we've got to really reassess where are we and, and go the right direction. Perfect. No, that makes sense. You know, and I think we can all attest to that and getting through it is can be hard if you don't even recognize it. But then I guess first step of it would be to recognize it and figure out how to to solve that. One of the things that I wanted to touch on that you mentioned was, you know, your non-negotiables. And so for me, I've run into that. I think maybe a split could even look like what my practice happened was. So I opened up in 2010, my own practice. And uh, I just was renting space uh, from an orthopedic surgeon. We had two rooms uh, and we, we kind of outgrew it. And I started realizing like, this is not sustainable. We were on a year to year agreement with that ortho and we were hitting a ceiling of, of growth. And I knew how to get out of it. So I, I really did my due diligence and I was able to find a office space that I could buy. So I was able to purchase the suite in the same building and it was uh, 3,000 square feet. So plenty of space for us. Uh, and, and it was a big, big undertaking. I know you've gone through it before too. It's just a big undertaking, but I knew if I didn't do it, the growth was just going to be plateaued considerably. And so that was, I would say for me, the first one. And then secondly, I think, and you can correct me if I'm wrong, one of the things that we had uh, as far as a non-negotiable part of this was our level of care that we wanted to provide. And when I opened up the practice in 2010, we were in network with uh, three of the big four health insurances. It paid, they paid uh, fair and not great, but they paid fair. And then subsequently they, you know, first one was Cigna went ash and it went down to $40 a visit down in South Florida, which is hard because our cost of, uh, running a business and, and, and living is high. Uh, so I had, a, I had a decision to make and that was, do I sacrifice my level of care uh, and accept the $40, but really just churn and burn? Or do I uh, have that non-negotiable of the level of care and drop signal? And I went that route. Uh, so for me, that was kind of one of those split. It, it, would that be something that you would uh, consider a split? Man, you've nailed it. So the key that you said there is when you get up to that point, you get against that wall, there's really three options. Okay. Either you flip a non-negotiable, right? So mm -hmm. maybe that wasn't so non-negotiable all of a sudden that now we can skin off that whatever service that we were adding, or you let that lack of passion, that misery just plague the clinic and ride that out and see how it goes, or you self-select out, right? And you switch. So I was just teaching in Charlotte just literally two weekends ago. Mm -hmm and had this conversation with a, a, anybody would consider a very great Cairo. And I said, Hey, how are things going? And literally for the next five minutes, he explained he's deep into the split mm -hmm. and where he's at is he's at the point where he's like, you know what, I'm going to ride this out for a while, but I see myself in a different profession in 10 years. Hmm. And you know, that's not the moment to just lay into somebody and say, man, I can help you. Like there's, we've been there, but you're at this point where we've got to sit down. What are the non-negotiables? And then how do you scale that appropriately? So when you got to that point and realized, we just don't have the square footage, we need the building, we've mm -hmm. got to change our, our overhead, whatever we've got to do, the analysis, we're at that point where we can't grow anymore. So we're having to make those hard decisions. The non-negotiables need to stay the non-negotiables and the goal has to stay the goal. So how you do that is very unique on everyone's situation. But brother, you nailed it.
Yeah, it makes sense. You know, I also, you know, I talk to a lot of chiropractors and I see a common one that's happening where they're busy, but they're, uh, let's just say they're a cash practice. Uh, let's just put assurance aside for right now, but they're not charging enough. And so what's ended up happening, there's just no margin. There's not enough meat on the bone. And so their schedule is busy, but they're struggling to be able to hire someone to be able to have that continuity of care or a consistency of, of the patient visits is just kind of a crapshoot. Um, and they say to me like, well, we're, we're maxed out and I can't see a new patient for five days when they call because we're maxed out, but I'm barely turning a profit. And so I yes. can't really hire an associate or a CA or whatever. And so I see that as, as a common problem as well. Can you speak to that a little bit? Absolutely. So we hit this several times early on and, you know, Success memories are real fleeting, but the pain memories never go away. <laughs> and I remember the first time we hit it, and that's why I've, I've had such a strong passion for the SFMA for so long now, because with the first time we hit that, we got to the point where we were in the exact same scenario you just exclaimed, and this was 2011. And I remember, how are we going to solve this? We're like, oh, I know what it is. We need another provider. So we hired another provider. Things were going okay. And, and to give a little background on us, most of our referrals are medical referrals in our community. And then it's patient referrals from there and, and then furthering that medical relationship in our community. So the key thing is, is that we got to the point where we didn't have a problem getting patients in. It was getting them out fast enough and not messing around in the, the treatment plan, like getting lost with who we're seeing, like how you know, are, are we giving the right exercises? We almost went to a modern day flying seven of, you know, hit the junction areas and then give them some stabilization drill. And it's a really hard isometric and cool positions. And like, we were just trying to figure it out. Like we were, we we're struggling and realized, man, we're not moving them towards their actual goals. Like we wanted to, like we, we didn't have a problem getting people in. We had a problem getting people out. Yeah. And that difficulty was, you know what the problem is? We need another provider. So we brought in a provider. And then we, we got that first kiss of death. And that was when your number one referral in the community calls and says, Hey, Jason, why does it take five weeks to get somebody in with you? <laughs> and I was like, okay. And I thought it was no big deal. And then we watched the referrals from that, that group of clinics decrease 50%. Yeah. And we we're like, oh no, like this is a legit problem. So we thought, all right, just hire someone. So we brought in someone and then fast forward nine months later, got kiss of death call number two, which is. Hey, Jason, really love that other person in there. But here's the thing. We only want our patients to see you. Mm -hmm. So oh, we're like, gosh, so it's a, literally the same exact problem. Like it didn't solve anything. So the problem wasn't that it was, oh, we were deficient in associate. Mm -hmm. What we realized is that the systematic approach of exactly how we're going through things, making sure we know the patient's exceeding their measurable goals that we're setting for them, they are actually building them that way. And then continuity of care was the problem. Right. So we didn't have the systems appropriately. So that was the point where we realized, okay, we know what our non-negotiables are, mm -hmm. but how are we as a team working together to move everybody that way? So again, that, that was the first two big splits that we hit were, were those two moments of, oh, we've got it solved. And then you realize nine months later, you don't have it solved. Right. Yep. Um, and not, it all still stems back to the same things. It's number one, do you have the systems in place? What happens if you add 40 new patients to your schedule? What's going to happen? How's that going to play? Are you, do you have the systems in place to make sure that your quality care does not dip? You exceed their expectations. 
and it keeps growing or is it going to overload everyone right do you have somebody that's in the clinic that's going to be able to say all right well we've got to turn that patient away or we've got to adjust things in some way to be able to handle it but i have a company now called movement consults and our uh, big thing with that has been forever is people need to understand that we're the last profession and by we i mean that evidence-informed evidence-based Cairo we're the last ones to jump on the train of a true team environment so if you go to your primary care physician and watch what's happening it's very systematic how things play out but there's so many moving parts with our style of practice mm -hmm. uh, because it is muscle joint nerve and tendon pain and there's movement problems there's emotional levels to it as far as categorization of pain so it just gets a lot more challenging a lot more moving parts that if your full team can't communicate you're going to keep running into these issues. So there are certain pillars in the clinic, and that's why I'm so excited about the team we put together. We've got three pillars, one from the therapist assistant side, we've got uh, myself, and then we've got the managerial side. And being able to bring that together to educate everyone on how to push through these limits. Uh -huh. And the best people are going to teach you how to predict it when it's coming and solve it before it gets there. Join Parker Seminars February 6th through the 8th at the Paris Hotel in the heart of the Las Vegas Strip. Master your craft with three incredible days of art, science, and philosophy. Featured among our 43 speakers are actor and veterans advocate Gary Sinise and Shark Tank star, inventor, and entrepreneur Lori Grenier, sharing their unprecedented insights on mastering your profession and your life. There will be five tracks to choose from, and of course, fun and entertainment you've come to expect. Please visit parkerseminars.com for more information. Register today. So if you've got the right people on your team, you never know how good they are because you never hit it, mm -hmm. right? You never got up against that wall. But the reality is everyone's going to at least get that introduction to it pretty soon in practice. You're, you're going to feel that pressure come on of, we're doing it but are we doing it right? Yeah, it makes sense. And so um, I know for you, systems is a, is a big thing and I do want to touch on that, but is there a, a kind of a process that you go through that a, a doc could listen to and, and just say, oh, that makes sense. I could, I could apply that to my situation to try to predict when it's coming, try to recognize when it's there, and then the process of getting through it. Do you have some recommendations on that? Yeah, I think the big things, you, you first have to start good old fashioned, just a piece of paper and a pen. And you're going to write down step number one is what are my non-negotiables, right? You have to put those down. Then you have to put down over here at this point, what's our, what's the reimbursement that comes into the clinic? You know, what's the patient visit average? Those types of things do come down to being pretty important in this because when you scale, mm -hmm. you have to see where those walls are going to come and you can predict it, right? So yep. if you know that I'm going to hire a, someone that I'm going to coach up to be an incredible therapist assistant in the clinic, and they're going to be the person that is the communicator between the clinical side and the admin side. Well, there's a cost to that. And as they get better, you expect that you're able uh, to pay them more. So the key concept is you have to be able to see those numbers and where are those gaps where you can say, all right, now we can afford to have that person, or here's the phase where we can't afford not to have that person. We need to now progress that through. So the key thing is you definitely have to do a numbers analysis of your clinic and say, all right, well, here's how many we're seeing. Here's what our overhead is. As we scale that up, at what point are either A, the minutes we have in a day become really finite and exhausting, right? Mm -hmm. So for example, you need to know how long it takes you to chart that new patient note or that re-exam note. Mm 
mm-hmm. or that standard visit. And then you got to, you got to do a minutes analysis and a, like a free will analysis. You only have so much energy you can expend in a day, right? Mm-hmm. We only have so many words we can use. So you need to be able to sit down and say, here's what we've got that we're pushing towards, right? Here's mm-hmm. the growth we want. Here's where we're at. Here's where I feel like my gas tank is at the end of the day. If I'm already feeling at 80% exhausted, well, now let's say, all right, well, if I've only got 20% left in the tank, if I add 50% more volume to the clinic, where is that coming from? Because I, I only have so many words I can use in a day. I only have so much energy. So there's got to be pieces where a team can help. And that so they, you, you've got to write that down and you got to say, all right, here's where I know I love this part of practice. But, you know, nothing's more fun to me than coaching a great exercise. But the reality is that's not where my skills are the best in the clinic. Mm-hmm. So if I'm coaching rehab all day long, I, there was a big portion early on where I'm like, you know what? We're the only ones that can give these seven cues to get this amazing thing to happen. And then it was a real humbling experience to realize that our first, who's now our, our head therapist, her name is Sarah Aldi, and she's absolutely incredible. But I realized in two weeks she could cue it as good as I could. Yeah, And I was like, oh, you've got to be kidding. It was just this big humbling challenge of, oh my gosh, like I, I'm, I'm valuing this inappropriately, if that makes sense. Like, oh, for we, sure for us, because our number one goal in our clinic without question has always been, we want to help the most unique individuals in our community as possible every week. Right. Mm-hmm. But we have our non-negotiables of these things can't like, we're not budging from these. Okay. So the reality is where we could take time away was my gosh, she's arguably as good as I am at coaching any exercise and making sure they're not feeling their pain with any movement. Mm-hmm. Like that's our team leveled up exponentially right then. Right. And yep. and you can look at it from every aspect, like, Oh my gosh, the SFMA, well, top tier, we realized that we could train someone in four hours, how to record that straight away and effectively be able to apply that in the clinic. So as much as I love doing a top tier on someone, Turns out someone can do that, learn that in four hours, (laughs) and then that can dramatically change the patient experience. So it didn't take long for us to realize every time we hit one of these splits that there's this ego thing that comes into it that you just don't think you have, Mm -hmm. and turns out you do. Like a lot of this that we do in in the musculoskeletal world is like, man, this can be systematic. And forever we would act like it wasn't, but if your diagnosis is right, if if you've classified them as far as their movement impairment. It's pretty straightforward what you need to do, right? Yeah. And I think that's something you hit it on the head with the ego is we do feel like, you know, we're the only ones that can do it the right way. And it's just really not true. I mean, there's obviously some things, you know, like obviously we're licensed DCs and not everybody is, and there's certain (laughs) scope of practice things that has to be done by you, but there's a lot of things that fall Outside of that, and I know like Josh Satterley talks about maximizing other people's licenses as much as they can, and so have them do a lot of that stuff that uh, is taking you away from the things that you really are unique at uh, and licensed to do. Absolutely. Yeah. And it's interesting. I'm, I'm reading this book called Thinking Fast and Slow, and I'm not fully done with it yet, but the first section was on... Uh, system one and system two thinking. And I'm kind of, you mentioned about, you know, how much uh, brain space do you have to do this and how much time and things like that. And what they talk about 
you know, system one is kind of your automatic thinking. If I, if I uh, asked you to do, you know, two plus two, right away four would come out. It's automatic. Whereas system two is more of that critical deep thinking that really is hard. So if I said, you know, 10 times, or let's go 11 times 28, you'd have to turn on system two to really figure that one out. You'd probably do it, but it would start grinding your, your system two a little bit. And you only have so much of that. And the more systems you can put in place, uh, you'll have more cognitive ease throughout your day and you'll be fresh for the times when you have to turn on uh, system two. Uh, and so I liked how you talked about that. And that's a reality. I think we need to start as practitioners realizing like we grind in system two a lot throughout the day and it really wears you out. And it, and it really hinders your ability to do critical thinking consistently. And so you got to systematize system one as much as you can. <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. And uh, that'll help you with the growth stuff. And then sometimes when you hit that split, like, yeah, you might have to sit down and, and really work through your system too and figure out, okay, what is the solution to this? Let's get this done. Let's not keep on uh, hitting our head against the wall with it and not have the growth. Because I think that's the big takeaway is that your growth is at stake here from a personal and professional level. Anybody that I talk to, like yourself, I had... Brett Winchester on the podcast a few weeks ago, and you just see this certain level of growth that they've had. And, and you ask yourself, why aren't other people having that? And yeah, there's some talent part of that, but all of us that are licensed or talented, I think a lot of times this split is what really holds them back for years sometimes. Absolutely. And it's hard to get stuck in that when it happens. And you know, you, you would like to say that... Every- <sighs> When I say this, what I'm about to say is a, is a tough thing. So for example, you need to have somebody you can rely on that's going to hold you accountable for that. Who's going to be either your coach or somebody that's constantly keeping tabs on it, very much how we do in the clinical world. So we'll see somebody at snapshots, right? So every appointment's a snapshot of how they're doing. Yep. So some patients, they live with their pain every day, won't notice there's improvement, but there's significant improvement on their FOAs or in their movements, mm-hmm. right? So the same thing has to happen for your business and how you're doing. And one of the unique abilities of, of my wife, Cassie Holm, is mm-hmm. this unbelievable ability to constantly be looking at that and then say, we have to have a system for that. So as much as I'd love to take credit for a ton of the systems we've put together, it's been, I can highlight the problem real quick. Here's what we're going to run into. Mm-hmm. And then who's able to, so I can come up with the, the dreamer side of it. Yeah. And who actually carries that football across the the end zone every single time has been her. But the thing that's been so unique and amazing with that is when you watch how these build together, it's like, man, we've put together a ton of Bayesian inference at this point where we've got enough data points where we think we can help most everyone predict these as they come, right? Like we, we, we've got that formula pretty close. So when you take those three pillars of how do you stop someone from hitting those barriers, right? Mm-hmm. It's one, we've got to have that growth mindset versus that fixed mindset. So when we get stuck in the fixed mindset of here is like the ego side of it is really what we run into all the time because that's where the scale goes away, right? If if you have to show that hip hinge for the 80th time, (laughs) I'm sorry, bro. Like that's not, that's not the best use of your time in the clinic. So you, you need to be able to help facilitate educating them that, Hey, here's the clinical pattern we're seeing. Here's where we need to go with it. You need to be able to educate them on the front end, be able to see them through those re-exams. You need to be able to do the hands-on skills that only you can do. But at the same time, you you need to find your your team 
that's also passionate about helping people in your community, being a part of your the medical world in your region, but doing it from the conservative approach. And I'm telling you, this is where things are going. I said on uh, federation board level, state board level, it, it didn't matter if you're talking to insurance companies, where we're at, like mm-hmm. there's two major payers right now that have now highlighted very clearly that musculoskeletal and pain has now exceeded cardiovascular what they're paying out, right? So everybody's aware now that there's got to be a systematic approach to this. We've got to do better and level up. Mm-hmm. We're primed for it. It's time. But if it, the reality is we got 60 to 70,000 licensed chiros, that's not enough. Like you, you can't even move the needle if you say only the provider can do all the things, mm-hmm. right? So if you don't have a team where you have the right therapist assistants and the right administrative staff, you just can't scale in your community to move the needle in your area. And the reality is your community desperately needs what we have to offer. It's true. You know, and I want to kind of go back to that chiropractor because I know there's a lot of them out of there out there that are having trouble with the scaling part because of the lack of profit. And again, it, it's unfortunate because some of them are busy. It's not a lack of patience. It's a lack of profit. And you, and that's a split that you need to address. So if you're dealing with that and you say to yourself, well, doc, I can't afford to hire an exercise CA because I don't have enough profit. And so you're sitting there spending 30 minutes with a patient getting reimbursed, you know, 40, 50 bucks for that because you're doing 15 minutes of manual therapy and then 15 minutes of exercise yourself. And so you see two people in an hour you're basically, you know, you're unfortunately making massage therapy money. No, no offense to massage therapists, but you didn't go to eight years of school and put yourself in that kind of debt to have that type of hourly income. And so that's a split moment where you need to sit down and figure out how the heck do I uh, get someone in here? How do I turn enough profit to reinvest in a person that can take a lot away from me? So now I can actually see four or six people in an hour for even a little bit more money maybe. And then now there's more meat on that bone to where you're uh, basically uh, growing your practice the way you should and being able to see more people. Absolutely. And that's what's got to happen. And the hard part is, is that we do see this all the time is that you'll have, you know, the best of best providers. Meaning if you looked at their player card, you would think there's no way this person's not crushing it, Mm -hmm. but they the reality is it's the same person that's going to be really worried or really skeptical about, Ooh, do I need somebody to help me with this? Like I'm already struggling financially. Do we pay for a service that's going to help us there? And it's the hard part is it's one of those you want to just grab them and shake them. And it's like, if you could just be in my head for five minutes, you would realize you can't afford not to have someone walk you through that because you're accidentally getting up against a wall in your own head. That's not a real wall. Right. It's like yeah. if if that's your first thought is, man, I can't afford to hire someone. I promise you somebody just hasn't presented it right or you haven't looked at it through the right angle. You literally can't afford not to have someone like yeah. it's literally not possible. It's like walking into your primary care and them not having medical assistance and a nurse. Mm-hmm. It, it, they literally couldn't function yeah. because the numbers just don't make sense in private practice anymore. So you you have to have someone and you have to be able to reinvest back in that team. I mean, we take it very, very serious. Every Wednesday from 9 to 12, we shut down the clinic and we train mm-hmm. every single Wednesday. And then we have a provider meeting every Monday for two hours where we're all on the same page about every single case that's in the clinic. Like, what's the follow-up? Where are we? What are the struggles? How can we help coach up our own team mm-hmm. to handle that better? And it's yeah. everybody says, oh my gosh, I can't believe you take five hours that's five hours you're not generating revenue in the clinic. 
that's five hours you're paying your team of seven to nine people, how like it just doesn't make sense. And I would literally over and over and over again say, you literally can't afford not to do this. <laughs> you have you have to be able to invest back in that team. You have to be able to train with them. You have to grow together and tackle those challenges. And if you don't have times that you're coming together, you're already at one of the major splits and you don't even know it. Like you can't possibly have all those things throughout the week and then all the struggles that happen in a clinical pra practice. There's so many patients either falling out of care, firing you, um, going somewhere else, and you it's don't true. even realize it. That's like true. You, you don't even know it's happening because mm -hmm. you're you're not pulling the curtain back to pay attention. Yeah, we noticed that in our practice not that long ago, maybe a year or so. And what we ended up doing to address it was we do a, a team huddle before each shift. So like say Monday is a, a, or let's just, yeah, Monday is a full day. So we'll meet in the morning for the morning schedule and go over the patients and, you know, who's, what they're getting done, where they're at, when they're supposed to come in again next. And then we'll meet again right before the afternoon session. So basically before each block of time, uh, we sit down and we go through the patients and do that. And so that's kind of our uh, answer to that problem we had as well. Cause it was just, we, we were, we were running into that continuity of care problem. Uh, Absolutely. You know, patient Absolutely. would come in, patient would come in and we're like, uh, uh, when are we supposed to see him again next or what exercise did we give him last time? Or, you know, like it just was not a good situation. So we addressed that and it's been really smooth ever since. Absolutely. Yeah. You have to have a solution to that. Um, when someone comes in the door and whoever's at the front, they have to be able to greet them so comfortably and know exactly where they're at in their care, you know, exactly, you know, when they're coming back in next, uh, when their next re-exam is, they need to be able to know basically their movement scores, how much better they're doing, et cetera, et cetera. All that has to happen. And then the thing that we're the most proud of in the last several years is that no matter who you see in our clinic right now, mm -hmm. you're going to get the same level of care. Like the yeah. quality is going to be on point. Someone can jump in and and we have two young docs in our clinic that, that we recruited real hard. And it, it doesn't matter if you're seeing Dr. Ethan or if you're seeing Dr. Alec, like they just know right away, like, hey, here's where the hip mobility issue is. Here's what we're working on. We know where they're going. Here's how we're progressing it. Let's go. So they come on in and it's just, it, it, the thing that's been amazing is when you watch that growth happen, you have a true team culture, the patients just thrive even more than we ever imagined because they know they've got a whole squad of people behind them helping them get there. And so it helps you differentiate your clinic dramatically, but man, it's every phase of clinic, no matter how big you are, or how small, there's a million little strategies you can take, but hopefully we've covered enough of those today that at least get your mind going the right direction of, Hey, I'm up against one of those. What's that next step? Like, how do I sit down and see what's going on and then, you know, get with your team, huddle about it, meet about it and see how you can move it forward. Perfect. That's great information. I really appreciate that. If anybody's interested in, in following up with you uh, about something like this or, or some of the other uh, aspects of, of uh, clinical expertise you have, how could they reach out to you? Easiest way is just movementconsults.com. That has our courses that we've got coming up. We've got one, uh, we're big into helping the R2P club at Logan fundraise. So we've got a course coming up with them in, in June of next year. Got several other big things coming up up until then. But movementconsults.com has all that as far as our movement masterminds that start first quarter of next year. All these different options on how we can help providers meet them where they're at, but still move everything the right direction. Perfect. Thank you. I appreciate your time. All right, brother. Have a great day. Thanks for tuning in today. Please be sure to check our redesigned website at www.modernchiropracticmarketing.com. 
Stay up to date with our blog, where content is regularly added by Kevin and guest contributors. You can also access our library of podcast episodes there. Go to www.modernchiropracticmarketing.com and subscribe to the podcast today. This is the podcastfactory.com.